Welcome to the Andrew D'Angelo podcast. Constant Constance. Each week, Andrew, renowned jazz saxophonist and brain cancer survivor, invites us to look at the many worlds of his guests with conversations that cover all the arts, human resilience, a little bit of politics, and a lot of humour. You can't fail to have a fantastic time. All right, you ready to illuminate? There we go. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Constant Constance. I'm sitting here today with a very talented and, um, yeah, amazing musician. Oh, that's funny. It's your mom. Oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> I mean, Susanna. Well, I actually had asked her if she would send me a question to ask you that would embarrass you and she's she's refusing to she's refusing to so. uh, she should do it she should do it right you should I'll text, text her. her i'll text her right yeah i'll text you her right text now. her and say come on mom i'll say i'm okay with embarrassing questions i mean she's got to have something in that arsenal of hers that could embarrass you let's see All we'll right. see <laughs> right um so anyway, uh, Drummond is the son of trumpet player and band leader, composer, Dave Douglas. Well, you're the stepson, actually. Yep. Um, and that's how I met Drummond. Uh, Drummond's mother and stepfather, Dave Douglas, and mother, Susanna, were going out of town, and they asked me if I could come up. And uh, I used the word babysit just for fun, but I know... Well, it was. I mean, it kind of literally was. I was like, what? I couldn't cook. I would have died if I was at that house. (laughs) (laughs) I would have died. Like, you know, maybe some bear from the woods would have. Yeah, right. So I've known Drum since he, I think you were seven or eight or something like this. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, I've, I've, I was talking to my nephew Storm. Do you have you and Storm met? I don't know if you have. I think we met. I think we've met twice. It was for it was like kind of brief, but I, I remember. I think actually one time might have even been at your house one time. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Storm's probably co-producing this. I mean, I've been bringing him up on every episode, but he's like, you should have Drummond on, man, and you know just to to break it up, but I mean, I could have Dave on, you know, or um, like I had Maya Letterer, Jeff Letterer's daughter on. She's an amazing chef, although she says she's a cook, but chef. <laughs> and, you know, just to get a different perspective on the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, Drummond's music is fantastic. And I just remember, okay, babysitting, but I remember coming up to, to Croton to hang out with you. And it was more like, party like a party i would say even though you were a little kid it was like party sitting i mean we weren't drinking and smoking or anything like that but yeah it wasn't a real party but (laughs) (laughs) but you were always down if i said hey you want to go to the pool like yeah hey you want to play with finley your dog Uh, god god rest her soul you want to play with the dog in the yard yeah you want to i don't know what else is there to do out there (laughs) (laughs) you want to do anything yeah i would love to do anything not true for every kid okay i i I have met some children including 
maybe even one of my nephews who are not in the mood to have that kind of fun. So mm -hmm. it's uh, your enthusiasm is uh, is memorable. But uh, why don't you tell us? I mean, what's going on in your life? What do you have, what have you been up to? What's like? What's the pandemic? Yeah. You know, all that. What's happening? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just a professional video game player at this point. No, uh, I've been working on. Uh, so I'm an audio engineer and I'm a composer. Um, and so we've been working. I have a production company called Some Point Sound that was formed with me and a buddy of mine in college. So we do production gigs. We're on set, holding the mics for the actors, lobbing them up and everything. And then we do post mixing. Uh, and so that includes Foley sound design and uh just general mixing of the film. And so we've been doing a lot of that. It's kind of like what we've been doing for work. Um, and I love it. I'm like, it's a whole new world for me. I've been doing it for about a year now, a year and a half, maybe. This is post that is like, I've been doing production sound for like two, three years now. Um, but like, I'm really enjoying post and, but it's kind of all in aims to be scoring these films and be scoring video games as well. Uh, we've scored a couple games. Uh, it's kind of like, the main focus for me and that's what i've been doing when when uh covid first hit we were kind of in a and my partner his name is ethan um we were kind of in a transitional period we were getting a studio in the works to get a studio and everything and um and then we got the studio um midway through pandemic but covid hit and we were out of work production work for like you know five months i'd say three four months and then it started picking up again and i was like nervous and everything but i mean the, the whole landscape of the being on set had changed with like you know you got the doctors on set and someone being like hey that's five feet not six spread out you know and just the the protocol had changed so it was, it was an interesting change but uh but when that happened like when we had this dead four months five months or whatever I was left alone to my devices to just sit and think me and Ethan, that is in the studio. Like, what do we do? One, how do we make money to afford this space or to continue affording this space? And then two, how can I continue to grow as an artist or yeah, to grow as an artist and be like a tackling this dream head on, but like with money kind of there as something that's like, a necessity of this business so it's like the artistry the artistry the money and also just generally surviving and eating those are the three things that was swirling through my head for my business for those four or five months of pandemic i'm scared it's going to happen again but i think i'll be a little bit more prepared this time um it, it, it's interesting because i've spoken also had people on the podcast who are, are in my generation of course and one of my friends, uh, one of my guests said that he was talking to his mom because he said, mom, yeah, we're not on tour. I've, I've lost my work. Uh, this is somebody who's on the road over half the year. And his mom said, well, maybe you just maybe you should work for Uber or get another job. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, side mom. hustle is real <laughs> mom i love you it, <laughs> my mom said something similar but it's like it, it, i don't think any generation is able to comprehend what we're going through also drummond we were talking you were talking about you're doing um uh film work and and engineering and uh, uh 
like you said, you're doing a lot of post-production and you're doing with Ethan. Can we just say Ethan's full name so we can- Yeah, yeah, Ethan Gustafson. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you said it at the beginning. I just want to make sure we get that in there. And then it, it seems as though there's a lot of conversation going around about how terrible musicians are at presenting themselves. So during the <laughs> pandemic, you know, a lot of people are doing live streams or they're doing this, they're doing podcasting. And um, I, I, I am by no means perfect, but it was impressively not great how many musicians did not have their shit together, <laughs> right? You know what I'm as talking in, about? Like as an introduction to say what you do. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, do you mean like they're bad at introducing themselves in relation to like their work and like, or you mean in general? Like, I just mean when somebody's doing a live stream or they're doing a Instagram live or something, and you know they're dressed in a their pajamas, you know, or yeah, something right. like they're not presenting themselves well, or their audio is terrible. Have you ever had one of those? You have to turn the shit up yeah. all the way because yeah. you can't hear them, or vice versa, which happened to me where it's it was the distorting. guy playing guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, and it, so it's cool that you're getting into, you know, re recording engineer vibe. Is that, mm -hmm. do you see that as a, you know, are you going to be doing this more or do you still want to be a stage performer or, you know, what is it that you want to be doing? Um, you know, I never really wanted to be a stage performer. I think that would be a nice side thing, like every once in a while, if people really enjoyed what I was doing to just be able to go out and do something like that. But it was never, it was never that thing for me, that, that thing, that addicting thing, the thing that I loved was the creation process of writing music. And then later I learned to find similarities between that and sitting down and mixing. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think the mixing stuff, I'm, I'm hoping I can do this for the rest of my life. I love it that much. Um, and it's wow. always so interesting. It's, and it's like, but I'm also 25, so I could get to 30 and be like, this all sucks. I'm going to be a skateboarder or something. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, and I think about this a lot, honestly. It's about the longevity of what I do. Because like, I want to be doing things that I want to do for the rest of my life right now. Um, one, so I can get better at them. But two, so that I don't have to get this side gig with Uber or work at this restaurant because I don't want to. I just want to be on my own time. You know, that's a pretty important thing for me. And I think if I can keep with mixing and keep writing music, like I'll be able to do that on my own watch. I was, uh, I was speaking to, give me a second to remember who I was speaking to, but what I remember is I was talking about how I was having you on the podcast and about the fact that you have, I don't know if you've actually had anything in a video game, but you, video game music is definitely something that you're into. And yeah. this uh, young uh, young man, who the hell was it? Said, oh, he goes, oh, it was my nephew, Enzo. He said, yeah, video game music is deep, like way, way better than most people give it credit for, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, totally. I, it's a, yeah. I started listening to video game music like as video game music, like, pretty young and it was like this kind of intertwining of like my love for video games but also my love for not being able to play video games because I couldn't really play them that much I wasn't allowed I had like 30 minutes of screen time so that kind of made me like oh I gotta play some freaking games these are fun this is this thing I can't do and I'm enjoying it so and I would listen to the music a lot but I think the thing that it, 
video game music is so different from than from listening to a song that someone has created with the purpose of listening to that song. Most of the time when you're listening to a song in a video game, it's kind of like the literal world that you're playing in and the song are kind of combined and they're in one. So it's like you're experiencing the song, you're living in the world, in the song, and that song is helping bring that world kind of to a realer place. So the point of the songs most often aren't to be a banger or even to have an arc that looks like this, beginning, middle, and end. A lot of times it's kind of to keep you there. And a lot of the times it can be trance-like because you, however many worlds you're walking through or any scenarios in any video games, kind of have to be okay to listen to a, a, one song if you're in an area for a long time. So it's kind of, there's a lot, for me, there's a lot to play with. It's like world building and it's more about world building than it is about song building in a weird way. It's not, it's like the song has to serve the world of the game and the if there's a story or whatever's going on, it has to serve that more than it needs to be a good song, um, which is why I love it. And like, there's so many games that I played where it's like, I'll hear two seconds of a song and I'll be transported to Lavender Town and Pokemon. And I'll be like, oh yeah, the graveyard. And I'll know everything about it. And I'll feel like I felt when I played the game. That's the coolest thing to me. It's like, it's a little time capsule. You, you feel like you were, when you were doing this thing in some video game, relaxing, chilling or whatever. But yeah, it is, I think it's really deep. And I do think that uh, it's kind of seen as this bleeps and bloops thing. And I, and, uh, and I love bleeps and bloops music, 8-bit or chiptune too, but it, too often does video game music get pigeonholed into this childlike thing, but it's gonna, I mean, it's already like every kid is listening to video game music, you know? I mean, listening to it without playing the game? Is that what you passively. mean? Like no, no, I mean, passively. Right, okay. It's there. Um, that's right. another thing is that it's kind of passive listening, you know? Well, there's uh, the first Zelda. I don't know if you've ever played the first Zelda. Oh, yeah. Some pretty cool music. Oh, Wasn't yeah. it a Japanese composer? Or I believe that's artist? Koji Kondo. Yeah. But I got to look that up so I don't sound like an idiot if it's not. I know. And everybody fact checks everything these days. So you might as well look it up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then I remember... It was I played Mario Kart, but I had that Nintendo with Mario Mario's World with Luigi. What was it called? Um, New Super Mario Bros. Maybe or Mario Odyssey. Something some where side scrolling game where it's like Mario and Luigi jumping up and down. Correct. And, yeah, yeah, it's New Super Mario. But I, I'll never for some reason it's embedded in my mind. The night I I, I beat the game, mm -hmm. and it was all of a sudden six thirty in the morning. And so I had been listening to those right. sounds, you know, I, uh, oddly enough, that, 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 something like this. And, yeah. and the bling, bling, right. I mean, it's yeah, so, yeah. when you start thinking about how you're kind of composing as you're playing the video game, if you want to go that way, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, but mm -hmm. it's a, uh, it's, I don't know. I'm just so. I'm going to make a bold statement, but it's just, I'm just so tired of hearing the same shit and giant steps and people have been talking about this on my show or, you know, the same jazz tunes over and over and over. They're great. There's nothing wrong with them, but I, I really want part of the reason I asked you to be on instead of Dave Douglas is because I want to know what are we looking at? What is like, okay, I, I, I'm cool with hearing people play jazz standards and tell the end of time that's fine or beethoven or bach but there's got to be something to do besides that 
like compositionally <laughs> no, performing. Surprisingly, there's not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, so so <laughs> that's drumming right there, folks. Um, and it was like that when he was seven, just a sarcastic little shit, but funny. So I mean, you know, if you if 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 somebody's listening to or watching this what it like go ahead and, and be bold yourself what's your projection for the future of music post pandemic you know whatever just just put it out there before i answer that with something um <laughs> i i do want to actually go back to as you're saying like i you're okay with listening to this to these standards being played a million different ways a million different times but you want something new and just because we're on the video game because we're talking about that and kind of passive listening it's kind of weird too because like some people uh like will play one game a ton and they'll have the music of that game stuck in their head forever but like for me i play this game smash bros i live with my cousins and me and my cousin run it every night and you know it's, it's a thing but i think i've given that music too much i think there's i've given it too much time because like think of all the music that I could be listening to and the amount of times that I've been sitting listening to ba, 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 just selecting characters. It's like almost right. it's like kind of a it's not cool. I should be listening to something else. I've dedicated too much time to that. But anyways, the future <laughs> of music is <laughs> what do I think the future of music is? Um, well, I can maybe answer for what the the genres that i really love and listen to but outside of that i don't know but i do think classic sounds like video game sounds are going to be kind of they're going to come back not come back i think they've already been here but um I, there's like this weird thing that i've noticed that like when really young kids listen to 8-bit music they have this feeling of nostalgia for something that they weren't alive for this period in gaming history where they were literally using 8-bit sounds because that was what you could do but they hear this music they hear these notes and they hear or these sounds and they have this weird association with video games one and two they have this nostalgia for an older game um and i think that power of nostalgia and within the sonic sphere i think that's a very powerful tool and so i think uh you're gonna hear more what we would think of as older video game bleeps and bloop sounds kind of popping up in music and like there's a there's one of my favorite artists who i would suggest anybody listening to this should listen to his name is maxo m-a-x-o um chord slayer maxo um sometimes he goes by that but he is a chiptune artist i think he's going now under like what is it um uh, uh like chip fusion what is it called it's not there's a new term that's going around for like the genre of music that he's making but he i think he is a very good person to check out i think it's all everything's gonna be really fast not fast in terms of like tempo wise but like shorter vignettes of pieces because like you know people's attention spans are shrinking me mine is definitely the shrinkiest of attention spans ever so i'll be click 30 seconds of a YouTube video and I'll hit next. I think songs in general shrink down, probably albums too. I think not as many people are listening to albums now, but hopefully I'm wrong about that. Um, let me let me kind of interject there, Drum. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting, one, that you said short attention spans and yet you're making these very long and 
and insightful statements. So that's interesting. Second of all, you're on a podcast, which some of my interviews have been two, two and a half hours, something like that. Uh, they, most of them have been about an hour. And then one of the most, if not the most popular podcast, the Joe Rogan is three hours typically. So mm. I've also asked my peers and musician friends, name the third song on any record. Off the top of your head, you can't look at Google, name the third song on any record. And other than a few super nerds, nobody can do it. And I said, uh -oh. right. And then when was the last time you listened to an entire record beginning to end with, with enjoyment, not because you had to. I've, I've done that for this podcast where I wanted to hear somebody's record so I'd be prepared. Mm -hmm. So I listened from beginning to end as research. Mm -hmm. It's not a generational thing. It's just, I think, I wouldn't say that an album is dead, but it's, there's definitely seems to be a way to, your mom's texting me twice since we've been talking. I'm going to look, did she text you? No, actually, did she? Yeah, she, she, sent, she sent me a heart. <laughs> All right, so she sent it to me finally. All right, oh, this boy. is from Drummond's mother. Oh my God, it's epically long. So... <laughs> Chapter one, <laughs> I'm such a lame mother. Oh, Susanna. <laughs> Don't start like that, mom. Trouble focusing. Okay, those are our first two things. All right. And we oh, that's just, funny. Right on cue. With this right on cue. <laughs> <laughs> and when he was little met uh, and met a new adult, he used to ask either what was the scariest thing that ever happened to them or what was the saddest thing that happened to them. I believe That's someone true. shared. Uh, she's now she's texting. I know what she's getting at, and that's a good one for her to bring up. Um, yeah, I actually did do this thing, and I don't know why I did this. I think it has to do with the fact that when I was young, I kind of moved a bit, and in order to like meet friends, I would just you know some sort of question starters or whatever like conversation starters. But I would always ask like so many people from this like in this weird window of my life, like, like from five to seven, I would meet a person. I was like, so what's the scariest thing that's ever happening? What's the saddest thing that's ever happened to you? Just those. And I never thought anything bad would come out of it. Like saddest. I don't think I would actually ask saddest. I think that's a little intense. I think definitely scariest I would ask. And, and then one time I was in Kentucky and I asked um, this girl, we were at a bar. I was like, we were at sitting at a bar. I was too young. And um, she was a little older and I was with my family. I was like, so what's the scariest thing that ever happened to you? And she lifts up her hand and she's missing two fingers. Oh, geez. And, and, wow. and my, I was like, <laughs> and this is the most intense. I, she hadn't said a word. And then this is going to be the most intense response I'd ever gotten. If we start off like this. Um, and she said she was tying her shoes on an escalator. Wow. And the escalator got her fingers and she had to rip them out. And I never asked that question again. I was like, Oh, <laughs> so I learned that day, not, maybe that's not a good move. I mean, it was very interesting. She was kind and she told me all about it. Maybe I should do it more actually. I mean, to be honest, it helps validate that whole, I don't know if your parents were like this and we should give a shout out to your dad, Luis, mm -hmm. who is a amazing ballet dancer and um, really good man. I actually checked out one of his pieces on Facebook before this and I was like, oh yeah, cool. how forgot how good he is he's kind of choreographing more than he is dancing now right uh yeah he's the director of the lexington ballet and 
Uh, if you guys want to check it out, you can go to LexingtonBallet.org and check out the Nutcracker coming out soon. It's like your you dad's online. Yeah. Did he choreographed it or is he in it or both? No, he choreographed the the whole thing and uh, it was shot by my cousin and my brother helped out with the filming and everything, a family affair. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Like, how do you re-choreograph the Nutcracker? I mean, it's just the thing is, done. it's like because he's been the director at this ballet for so long and he's always in ballet. It's like every year's the nutcracker you know so i actually don't even know if it's like set in stone choreo and then he changes a couple things here and there or if it's just like all right same as last year hit it it'd be it'd be kind of a cool question to ask i'd love stuff like that you know um which is which which i can back relate to jazz standards where if you're going to do jazz standards at least do them differently than the last 100 people that i saw right. please but some people don't I'm got different you, in them. please please man just do it a little different you know um and sort of the same thing when you've been up until 6 a.m and you beat that game you know and you're listening to the same music and something that i get a lot of joy out of is the sound design aspect to games specifically games is a whole other world sound design wise because you're placing literal objects and their sounds and within these fake environments but um but that's like the sound design creation is the thing that i honestly love so much and we got to uh some point sound me and ethan um we got to do this game it was completely by luck um that i found this game and and uh and it was just in this period where you know i was obsessively messaging everybody and and so i'm walking in Croton of all places and I see this this shop with these dudes in there running around with huge headsets on and I'm like what is this okay so I email them right away and say hey audio question mark question mark and they're like oh we, we, yeah we're looking for someone we got and got to do an interview with them and we got the gig and it's this huge space that is dedicated to virtual reality but they're using their own technology so it's not like cameras are watching you I don't know if you've ever played virtual reality um it's pretty crazy I have not you should try it. It's pretty nuts. Um, okay. But so, you know, you put the goggles in and it's like, you know, you're in the matrix type shit. But um, yeah, and they're using magnetic like waves to track you. So like we, what Ethan and I got to do is wrote the whole score for this whole game, this whole experience. And we did all the sound design and this is all in VR. So like it was a whole, it was, I had been like researching this for like two years before having gotten this gig but it was so much fun because of placing all these sounds in the in the actual location these mono sources are coming from a mono source that you're staring at in virtual reality and you got to make sure that it sounds like it would sound in reality it's like virtual reality literally and you're and it's weird because in this game format that is virtual reality i notice a lot of people are trying to really recreate reality but i think the fun thing is when you're completely like, oh, you're in reality, but imagine if none of this shit worked like this and that sounds over here and this sounds over here and all that stuff. But yeah, the sound design in VR, so much fun. And yeah, this this one project was one of the coolest things I got to work on in 2020. It's called uh it's called The Edge VR. And it's it was set to release the week COVID shut everything down. It, so it was like so now we're on hold until you know they can kind of really open up the facility but it was like here we go grand opening oh never mind we like, <laughs> oh. 
Okay, all yeah. that, that just sounds uh, um, like an, uh, an amazing project, but but you probably know that everybody experienced some form of this. Here we, uh, yeah, yeah. So and then boom, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had numerous tours canceled. Blah blah blah. We all have our stories. But one thing, let me geek out for a minute. When you said you scored it, you scored the music for this uh, VR video game. What what are you are you writing are you notating or are how do you score something like that mm-hmm. uh it depends on her composition i guess and this was kind of interesting because i was working with ethan we're collaborating on this music um but usually how it starts off i have to have my guitar in your hand like that's just how i think about notes and everything and if i need to figure something out i'll do it there um and then i guess it was kind of about we did a lot of listening to references so that we could find the vibe, you know, because it's a space game, but you don't want to be Halo and you don't want to be this other game and you want to be somewhere in between and you want to like learn from what you got, you know, you don't want to just spit out old garbage that everyone else has done before. So I was trying to do something new and something a little cooler, but it ended up being, I picked the arrange like the, the uh, instrumentation and it ended up being like, there was a string section we had like cello and this is all midi you know i we, we i was gonna ask if it was r- real musicians or right. midi or how it fucking amazing i i was <laughs> like hey and here, here's what we need to get the live band and they're like cool can you do it on your computer and i was like yeah i can do it on my computer right. but um yeah we picked the arrangement it was a string section electric bass um guitar have heavy rocking guitar uh and then like a couple cool synths that we were messing around with but um and then once we got the uh, uh, instrumentation, then it was kind of like watching, cause there's like a story in the game. So it was watching what happens in the story and picking, you know, how to set the mood with the right instruments and where to change the instruments and everything. But like, for example, I guess I shouldn't say too much about the game since technically it's not out, but um, there's like, there's a puzzle. There's a puzzle part of this and you have to fix this, ship before you all die or something and um so we would go in and we listen to a bunch of different references for other games that have puzzles in them and puzzle music and then we that aren't at all space related or anything but just you know listen and then we try recapitulating similar themes motifs from all that music but we do it in a space rock you know kind of way and yeah that was kind of the process it was just at the end of the day it ended up being me and my computer with very little notation being done because it was all, you know, on Logic and Pro Tools and then export, boom, boom, done. But then, and then it gets hairy because then you have to, because players can do things in virtual reality whenever they want. They can load into the game and go into the main world and just sit there and just sit there for four hours and not progress. So it was a, it was a little tricky figuring out how to make each musical cue happen exactly when it needed to happen. Um, and, but that's just on the, uh, that's like on the coding and, you know, I had to work in hand with who was the guy who was creating the game and coding the game so that I could be like, okay, this is where this is going to have to start. And we had to do a lot of weird things too. Like we had to create alternate endings for songs that are based off of actions that happen in the game. So like you click the button and then that cues, the end of a section of a song to take us somewhere else 
because it'll be like an endless maybe like an endless loop and then they hit the button to get us to the next place and that button activates the tag ending and then we're in a new place and just weird weird song form things like that that i never had to think about in terms of you know anything it's like why would i have to write write two endings in a weird way like that but 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 that's that's what's fascinating to me is that there it's not as if you're going to see i don't know beethoven's fifth and it has this pre-planned wave that's been there for you know centuries mm-hmm. the way it starts middle and the end in your case you're, you're composing music that has alternate endings alternate middles if somebody does decide to just sit there for four hours mm-hmm. and not like you said progress or make any actions and i and was i'm fascinated by this aspect and i'm also fascinated by the fact that my podcast is now a part of my my musical life. This is part of my mm-hmm. composition. I'm talking right. instead of playing saxophone, but this is this is an aspect of my personal virtual reality that's mm-hmm. that's creating a composition that will be involved in my my architecture, you know, of mm-hmm. my music. I, I and I've never done a video game, and it sounds like you didn't you didn't um, notate it. And the reason I brought that up is I'm having a music professor. Dr. Elliot McKinley on, and he's finding a lot of his music students, they don't read music, nor do they write it anymore. I do it for my personal stuff. I have to do it for my personal stuff because I want to line everything up and it's like a set in stone band, like, and I got all my parts and that's just the best way to do it for me that way. But when it's like something that has like all these different and it's just so much easier to play the note on your keyboard and listen to it there. And if no one's going to be, it's really for me, if no one's going to be reading the music, I don't need to write the music. Um, and it's me and my partner in that, you know, so it's like, I don't know, you know, you know, that all the sections, I don't got to write it out for you, or I'll just tell you the sections. Um, but also there's something else that I want to say. Um, well, what, while you're thinking drum, one sort of, overlying theme whether it's the restaurant business or the music industry or you know what have you the healing industry the plant medicine industry what's it what's it like when you do a project like this and you don't have to give us numbers unless your heart leads you are you signing contracts are you doing it just hey man this is just kind of fun i want to do this or you know anything in between what's going on there um well, with video game stuff, because we've had to reach out through so many different avenues and it, the process to creating a whole entire fledged game, such a long process. Um, we've had a lot of different ways of going about like writing music for games and doing the sound design and everything. And I think we have published two games, this one that's coming out and another one that's also set to come out. So they're not published yet, but they're like in the works. And, but in total, during pandemic, we were working on 10 games. Wow. And it was like out of that sample size of 10 games and the process to finding all these games is, you know, either word of mouth, which is rarer, but mostly just browsing every internet site that I can see that has anything related to game dev jobs, anything like that. Um, and out of those 10, two are continuing right now. Um, and for them, we signed contracts. Yeah. Um, but for the other people, because it was, we had jumped on board so early and like for all eight other people, we kind of I'm like, okay, we're going to do this stuff and we'll give you a track. We'll give you a couple and then let you know that we're like 
doing the job and you're going to want our services, but like, we're not going to put in hours and hours and hours of work on something that at the end of the day can wait until you're finished with that game and we can just put the score to it at the end. Um, so like when it comes to that stuff, yeah, it was all just kind of like, yeah, I'll, we'll give you a song or two, get you some demos for some sound design. And then when you're ready and you can actually pay us, let us know. And then that's why we're working on two projects now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's just intriguing to me. I had this young keyboard player, uh, Danae Greenfield on last week and she's on a Grammy nominated record with John Legend, John Legend, if you know who he is. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, she got paid a hundred bucks. Wow. It was a session wow. gig that she did, and the the studio said, "Yeah, would you come in and record this part? We'll give you a hundred bucks." And she said, "Yeah, man, of course." I mean, we've all done this. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it seems that the world is shifting to this streaming reality where we're all uh, creators for hire instead of in the old days. I don't know. Think of friends that show friends or Seinfeld or something where you know if you made a hit tv show you could pretty much live on it for the rest of your life if you wanted to mm -hmm. with residuals and so forth and royalties but now it seems like we're and, and including in, in my world in my generation we're hey here's 500 bucks can you play a saxo on this I'm like sure and then you never see anything else yeah Grammy right. Grammy yeah. or Oscar or whatever you don't really see yeah. any right compensation so it sounds like what you're saying is pretty similar in in the game oh yeah world. totally and in terms of but also it's just because we're just in terms of like having a, a real solid release that will really help us in the future um like we don't have that under our belt we have two projects that are almost out and they are looking awesome um but you know it's not that we have them out yet and i'm hoping that like once we once these two games come out we'll have a leg to stand on and people will be able to judge our work for what it is in terms of video games and like it's been interesting because we're doing film and everything there's some overlap there um so like usually it's like well here's references for film stuff we've done and here's a few video game references when we're reaching out to gaming people you know and yeah i don't know it's it's, it's definitely like you know not the best should be here's a contract here's exactly how much you're going to get here and you know done done boom boom get it done but no it's usually so far my experience has not been that and also it seems that let's say i mean you know in your 20s you have a certain amount of arrogance and you say well i need you know twenty thousand dollars to do this vr project with you or whatever it is all right we're just hypothetical here yeah they'll say you know all right, then fuck off. We'll just find somebody else. And they probably will. Did so, I say 20? I meant $5. <laughs> <laughs> but right. So yeah, right. <laughs> what's the scariest thing that ever happened to you? I did a gig and won a Grammy and made a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. Um, geez. That's, that's wild. It's wild, but it's, it's the world that you're growing up in. Unfortunately, it is the world for hire. And I'm kind of like a, a byproduct of this. Like it's one world that I'm growing up in, but like I have been influenced by it as I go because like, it seems like all my jobs are things for hire. I mean, ideally I would, I guess a lot of people are like us, but I feel like I'm setting myself up so that my job can allow hopefully for this kind of market where it's like, Oh, we need you for this. Oh, I do that. We need you for this. Oh, I do that. Oh, I need you for this. Oh, I do that. Um, it, it's super obvious to me and hopefully to everybody listening that you're 
incredibly talented. And I'm going to, there was a video on your Instagram, maybe from five or six posts ago. Do you remember that one? I, uh, you're in the front of frame. You have a friend up here in the corner over here, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I may drop that in. Yeah, go ahead. So people get a little uh, taste of, of what you're doing musically. But it, it seems to me that we have a choice. And I don't know about your stepdad, what kind of money he's making from streaming. Uh, I can give you my experiences and other experiences of people I've been talking to. It's just no something, some, yes, we've got to figure out something because it just, I feel like everybody's being asked to give away all of their creations and not just music, but just in general, yeah. you know. For, yeah, sense. And not even sense is a thing. And Right. It's yeah. the 0.007% cent. Right. Right. And it's funny seeing how the change, like, you know, it's been such a quick change over the last, like, five, ten years, the difference that from going to streaming. And it's interesting seeing how all my friends, you know, I'm in a young age group and they're all hustling, bustling and trying to make their music work right now. And uh, not not that nobody else is, but it's kind of like watching them adapt and watching them try to play the market and what tactics they end up using to try to play the market are kind of illuminating on what the market is doing and like its effect on the people. Like I find people are having to focus and they've always had to do this, but they focus so much time on not the music because they got to get on the playlists and they got to do, there's like a lot of back, uh, this, it seems like, I wonder if there's more steps now than there were before the streaming thing took over. Oh, absolutely. 100% Drummond. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. The thing, the, the things that we're being asked to do as artists, I mean, I think in general, any content creator, you know, remaining relevant, posting on social media and making sure you hit yeah, all of right. social media. And but it's not about the music anymore so much as it's about the person and the music and the personality of the music. And how many likes did you get on that Instagram video? Damn, I got to change my whole vibe. Hold right. on. Let me get some sunglasses quick. You got to be like, yeah, check it out. That, w- that would have been cool. I- I've actually, with this podcast, I- I've decided to settle into being just an old jazz fuck or an old musician. Fuck. <laughs> and I-, I get to just let people hear me chat with other folks and that's good Mm -hmm. enough for me but Mm -hmm. it's it's you know my manager's like you know you you got to put a post up about your podcast and you got to create a page and i was like why don't you do that he goes no you gotta do it man and it it, it's just interesting because i'm i'm doing all that you know i started uh instagram for my podcast and I'm going to do a Patreon and get it up on YouTube, but it's just like, Jesus. Yeah. Nice. But I just want to, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. just like smoke weed and play my saxophone, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like I did for the last <laughs> 30 years. Yeah, exactly. So I guess in a way, you know, because I feel like I know you, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking is what's, what's your impression? What's your advice? What's your, I kind of asked you this before our break, but I mean, what does it look like from, you know, if you're looking through your window or looking out your window and I'm looking out my window and mine is, you know, 60 years in the business and yours is 25 years. What, what, what does, what does it look like, you know, in five, 10 years? Yeah. 
Um, that's a good question. I like that question. Because the thing that keeps me going. Is that the only question you liked? So far, yes. No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I loved all tough the Tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> um, I think for me, the most important thing is to keep defining music or keep learning about music and defining it in some sort of relation to God. And I don't mean like the big man upstairs. I just mean like some divinity and using music as, you know, just this, some piece of connected mathematical vibes. Because I mean, using music to like, just using music to channel God. And I don't, I literally don't, I wasn't raised religiously. So when I say God, I don't mean some God. I just mean like using it to try to channel the the truths about the universe and smoke weed and fucking play your guitar with that drone and fucking see what the hell just two notes does and see what the hell like three notes does, you know, and just sit there and do that. And and then I think if I can do that, one, I have to make, make sure that I'm still having fun though. But I think I'll always have fun trying to figure that kind of stuff out. But like just getting lost in my head. And that's a big one, actually, because it is getting lost in my head because I'm coming up with so many ideas about about God and about music. And, and they could all be so garbo and absolutely mean nothing. But I know I'm not a stupid person. And I'm like trying to and I can like rationalize things and build kind of a lore codex in my mind of music and its relation to the universe. That's what it really is for me. It's like building this this book in my head of just like how music is related to everything and then also loving it. And, and that's what it looks like for me. I, I think that if I can keep doing that, then no matter what gig I have, I will enjoy it. And if it's music related or audio related, I should say not music, audio related. Um, that's what it looks like for me, just trying to maintain that mentality. Cause maybe 10 years from now, it's not that at all. And I don't want to be doing this and I'm hating it and everything, but I think if I relate it to the universe and my spiritual enlightenment, I'll be better in the future. Um, absolutely. Drummond, what a beautiful answer to uh, a somewhat uh, methodical question. And I had uh, this gentleman, Nikki Hamid, who is, is about 80. He was born in 1941 on the show. He's from New Zealand. And so, you know, that's... 800 times your age right and but he was saying the same thing we must we do it for love we do it for to connect to the universe and um he doesn't necessarily like the word enlightenment but he, you can substitute it for you know mm -hmm. ascension or awareness yeah yeah i don't i guess i don't mean enlightenment i don't think we'll hit that but 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 it's Try. <laughs> but we we can get lost in terms and and the, and i had a when i had the medicine woman on she was saying I'm not a shaman, I'm a medicine woman, and enlightenment or ascension can mean different things for different people. And that's, that's important true. that we don't exclude people. And the most important thing, I mean, when you're talking to an 80 year old wizard from New Zealand and he is saying, you know, just love what you do and love from your heart. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's all i get well what about the contract he's like yeah yeah right. don't worry about the contract you just you just create and do what you love to do but that's all i'm worrying about <laughs> right <laughs> well he super believes that we shouldn't worry even in the troubledness that we're in with the politics and the pandemic but mm. um 
I'm not saying that's easy, but yeah, um, yeah. And, but asking him questions, I was like, oh, well, uh, I don't know, sir. What you know? What do you think? <clears throat> you know, what's your take? Excuse me, everybody. <clears throat> but it, it, it's just, it's beautiful. I, I had a feeling that I was going to get that version of you, Drummond, and I really appreciate you going in that direction because it is the thing that's most important is that we just keep enjoying and loving and connecting whether to the universe or God, as you said, whatever that means for people or source or the light or higher power or whatever the process it is. of learning and the, gaining knowledge and for, knowing that you're so small and you'll never know anything. <laughs> okay. Drummond right on. That's correct. And it's, you know, as somebody who, um, has a contrast with an almost hundred year old neighbor and then talking to drum in his twenties and, you know, Maya who's also 26 and then talking to Nikki who's 80 and then I'll Peter Roth is coming on. He's 78. And it's, it's interesting that the, that there has been a flow and a connection with everybody saying that there's, you know, there's no point in doing something if you're not enjoying yourself. And it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Totally. And it doesn't. Um, I've done stuff for money and it's been miserable and I probably didn't do a good job. I, I don't really know because I, I don't go back and judge it. But it, it's hopefully if things go in the right direction, money won't be even in our lives. We will just do things for each other because we love each other. I'm not saying I know that to be true, but maybe would that be nice if we just do stuff? That would be stuff? so nice. Yeah. Get rid of money but i don't even know if as a concept i think money i think right now what money is right now is not too good has it ever been good um i don't know because i haven't been anywhere other than where i've been now and when i was alive and from when i've been alive it's not been good right. but i think the concept of money I think there could be a way where it's like, it means a little bit less, but it like, cause how do you, it's gotta be something. No, th this is at the end of the day, if I need to eat, I can't go to the grocery store and say, I'll play you a sweet song. Right, <laughs> right man. I'll play, I'll write a song for you, man. Yeah. Like, you give me some food. Yeah, I'll take those fruit loops, please. But on, on the dark side of the moon, the reality is that's what musicians are being asked to do. Hey, if you put your yeah. music on my streaming service, yeah, right. people will hear it and you'll be grateful. And I'm like, yeah, I am grateful, but your check for, you know, $1.89 is not going to put any food on my table. Yeah, exactly. So Drummond, in conclusion, although I think you already covered this, I've been asking people, it, unrelated to anything that we've talked about already or related, is you know, is there a message you want to get out to the world? Is there something that you want people to hear or, you know, anything like that? Like wise words or not wise words or provocation, you know? Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm only 25. What could I say to all you beautiful listeners out there? That would be of, I don't know, listen to more music and I guess play more music. It's kind of it, honestly. Don't hate people. Even Donald Trump? Don't hate him. He'll he's out. He's he'll be gone. And even if he causes a terrible, 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 like and all the death and destruction, it, you're only doing a disservice to yourself to actively.
dislike anybody. Like, and if you have to, you can just put him out of your mind too. I mean, he kind of can't. He's a hard one. <laughs> right. He kind of can't. But like, let's say two years from now, you can put him in the back of your mind and you don't have to give him any energy. No, fuck Trump. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> drumming, drumming sins or whatever. I do. Like, I do. Everybody except for that guy. <laughs> All right, I have. Can I can I just say two things that you can totally bail if you want, and we can leave. But I just want to say two things because I mm-hmm. they were on my agenda. One is that I'm making a comic with my ex boyfriend Carlo. I don't know if you guys have met. Cool. Um, and it's going to be um, like Peter and the Wolf. So there's going to be a saxophone in the comic. It's going to meet a clarinet player, oh, cool. or a violin player, and then it's going to meet you know, maybe a drummer and then maybe a singer and it's going to be going through the woods. And we're talking about going on a riverboat, you know, so it gets on the riverboat nice. and meets other people and right. And so I'm thinking I'll compose music that'll go in the um, text uh, bubbles. Right. And so it can be played. <laughs> oh, cool. And, oh, I love that idea. Right. And maybe have a digital version where, you know, a person or a kid can hit and it'll play the music that's in the, mm-hmm. instead of text. What do you think of that idea? I'm kind of bouncing an idea off you here. I, I love that idea. I feel like the uh, the target audience would be a little older because it'd be people who are practicing and writing music and also want to kind of have a different experience where it's like a conversation between this thing that you're reading. It's a different art experience, but it seems like with the comic median, it's kind of for younger kids, which I mean, I know that's not, it's not, comics aren't for younger kids i know that but um i feel like to have for the little kids if they just heard music in them in that they'd be like but if maybe for like there could be a version where it's like paired with words where it's like the person is speaking a melody that happens to be in the key or the pitches that the sax is playing or something i don't know i'm just thinking about how uh, the young kids would take that but i think they'll i think anybody above let's say 17 would really enjoy that. I think it's a cool experience. I want to hear what two people would say in just music and a comic. And then you get to be both voices. That's pretty cool. Or you play with a group. See, that's the way to do it, of course. Right. And so at the very end, everybody plays this, the piece together that I, that we've composed throughout. That's the idea. But cool. and also I'm not going to be doing, I don't really do that kind of music anymore that I did. 10 20 years ago i mean it'll be like da, 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 right and the other person mm-hmm. da, 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 da. it'll be very very just very nice and pretty oh that's um, nice yeah you gotta have one character go a little crazy oh yeah i'll have i'll have my susanna character should be the crazy one yeah <laughs> yeah right i'm just kidding so and then the other thing is is that when i was there's a little like controversy i think i was 26 some of my friends think i was 29 i decided that i was going to make compose a suite my entire life so uh like a when a classical composers write a suite there's different sections that can be played back to back so when i'm it was gonna be when i was 50 but that didn't work out so when i'm 60 I'll play every composition from when I was 26 until I was 60, back to back, because I, in my mind, I've been composing this. Wow. 
And, and then uh, you'll turn 70 when you finish. <laughs> or, or whenever I die, whenever I die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, even, even playing them back to back, that's got to take a while. Oh yeah, right. Ha ha ha. Okay, all right. Sorry. All right. My my I missed that. But you're right. Yeah, it'll take like tw- it wouldn't take 10 years. I actually did a calculation. I think it would take if we did 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I think it takes Damn. 10 days. But then it That's depends of- if people improvise or whatever and how long those improvisations right. are. But I'm yeah. I'm very into the fact that I've been writing the lifelong suite but it's just uh, yeah, it cool. it's one of those things that you think about. All right, um, Mr. King Cannon, Mr. Drummond, what's your full name? Drummond Louise? Drummond L. Dominguez King Cannon. Now my, That's my, my nephew's name is Maximilian Moore D'Angelo. And I said, wait until you check out Drummond's full name, man. He's like, whoa, <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's great. So, all right. Thank you for being on, Drummond. I love you and yeah, give my love to your family and yeah. take care of yourself. Okay, brother. All right. You Peace too. To you. All right, man. Yeah. You too. See you, See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Constant Constance. Tune in every week for new conversations. And if you want even more, check out Andrew's Patreon for more exclusive content and additional conversations. Hosted and produced by Andrew D'Angelo. Edited and mixed by Lucy Little. Original music by Andrew D'Angelo and Maximilian Moore D'Angelo. Intro is Henrietta Weeks. Thanks so much. See you next time. You fucking, yeah, you fucking rocked it. Like she doesn't, she doesn't know she says podcast, right? Like she doesn't even.